Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Powinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Well, first of all, man, it's always hard for me to try not to say everything all at once whenever I see you, but I'll, I do wait until I see you. So first of all, it's good to see you. So great to see you. Yeah, man. Thanks for, thanks for always making the time for us to really convey um, everything we want to talk before the podcast and during the week. And I know, again, when, when uh, you show up, I just go a million miles an hour because I'm, I'm so excited, but we must save it for the podcast. There's so many amazing conversations we have that happens just right before we hit the record button. I know. Um, but they're, they're, they are my favorite. But we do have some of those recorded, like the snippets afterwards. So yeah. we always talk about one day maybe like collecting Mixing them that. all and like putting on the patron or something. Because there's um, also some like really insightful stuff and then just pure shenanigans that happens before and right after we touch that record button. So it's well, be- all exciting Yeah, stuff. dude. Yeah. <laughs> Well, before anything else, you know, uh, welcome to the Know Self podcast. I'm Eduardo. I'm here with Daniel. Hello. And yeah, um, Daniel and I, uh, we've said this multiple times uh, throughout the podcast, but we have so much we want to say to to one another, um, even after we've decided what we're going to be discussing over the podcast and what we're going to be unfolding. Um, and Daniel's just really good at always reminding me like, hey, save it for the podcast. So for today's episode... Um, we're going to take a break from Genesis. Um, we are going to go back to the story of Cain and Abel, and more specific, the family lineage of Cain. Right. Um, but before we get really deep into that and and kind of you know break down a very long story, we wanted to address um, a few things today on the podcast that are very exciting with the Know Thyself Network and with the Know Thyself Podcast. And realistically, one of the things that we've gone away from. Uh, as we study these principles is the foundation of where they come from, the influence of where these principles uh, have come from and how they continue to influence the podcast since there's so much information out there. Um, you know, whether it is with astrology, whether it has to do with, um, you know, these seven principles we brought up in the beginning with hermeticism, um, with the Kabbalion um, right. books that I've, I've said I'm going to put up on the Patreon account. Uh, on how we're influenced and why we're influenced. And a conversation Dale and I had earlier this week had to do with that influence because a lot of individuals um, who contact us in the podcast network do ask, where do I get this information from? How did you even start this journey? And we've said this before, there, there are people with, you know, like any in, in any topic in life, it's they're well-versed and some people are just getting started. And I don't think there's a real right answer for us to give you, you being the listener, but we do appreciate you giving us the time and energy to let us give you our opinion on such topics. And, and some of the topics that I know we've gone away from specifically is, birth charts, you know, um, astrology. We've, we've just scratched the surface with that. Um, again, we, we did break down the seven principles. Um, we, we broke down a lot of concepts in the first season, but today I want to kind of reiterate a little bit more about, and for me, hermeticism, the influences of Carl Jung, the influences of Alan Watts, the people that I've leaned on to for guidance when I felt that the world that we live in right now and have been living on in, you know, is is not just difficult to navigate navigate through, but sometimes it's more difficult to trust the information that is being put out there um, so rapidly and sort of decipher how you can apply it to your life. And so with all that being said, Daniel and I decided that we would start today's episode. We're talking about the uh the neonatal charts and like information of, of sorry, the yeah. neonatal um information that you've been providing through the uh, alchemical counseling and sort of other understandings that I actually, I'm a very, as you can tell, when I start to stutter, I'm very much a student of and still trying to figure out what a lot of it is. And and Daniel, I'm going to let you take it away here and we can kind of unfold these influences, the, the direction of the podcast and where it's going, um, you know, and uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. No, great introduction because, you know, we also, we often speak about birth charts or we call them natal charts on the podcast and we reference it quite often. And we never really went into detail kind of how you can utilize this for your own self-unfoldment. And it's really kind of come back into my life as we're starting this whole alchemical counseling process, which has been such an amazing ability to connect to individuals on that one-to-one mm-hmm. and really have that that space kind of created to to have this astrologically based conversation. And what we're really kind of looking at is really like a snapshot of your own personal hero's journey and really the different steps that we're going to take to really embody the destiny that the universe has in mind for us. And, you know, when we're kind of working through this, it's this beautiful process of, again, experiencing consciousness and expressing consciousness in the lens that the universe needs you to express it through. Mm -hmm. So again, it kind of comes with moving with the flow of the river rather than upstream. And so it's been this really beautiful process to kind of take a look back at it and just from my own frame of reference, it also has reconnected me to my chart and looking at my chart for those those special aspects that make me unique and maybe those aspects in life that might come with confusion usually packaged. So I'm going to have to distill this information that I receive through my senses and really kind of process it a little slower. So it's such this great aspect because it's it's really this personal roadmap of yourself. And again, it's not, natal charts are not everything because there's this aspect of obviously free will in our environment that really is going to have an influence whether or not certain aspects are going to be able to express themselves in the chart, right? Like I use the example a lot of, you know, you could have the chart of this great king or queen, but if you are, you know, born very impoverished in Somalia, there's going to be a lot of resistance in your environment to be able to make that go into fruitation and actually like blossom out into the world. And so we're really kind of this unique aspect of this natal chart is just this kind of this reminder to not forget about this this piece of gold that you have. And again, you need your your birth time and your birth location, but even if you don't have the exact time, there's ways that you can at least still pick up a little bit more details about, you know, where the universe was when you took your first breath and what what time was. And because we we know that time is this formative aspect, because we've looked at time in this way, what is the formative aspect that time stamped on us? And it has a lot to do with our future and bringing peace to ourselves and to our surrounding communities. So it's this this really unique aspect. And what one thing that I've really benefited from from this new perspective of being an individual that's helping interpret these charts is I'm really seeing the aspect of the importance of somebody else looking at your chart. Because, you know, I've had my birth chart done by multiple different astrologers in I plan on getting it done by multiple more astrologers because it's this new lens, it's this new perspective. And it's just so interesting how when I'm reading these, interpreting these birth charts for these um, for these great individuals that I'm looking at it for, there's this objective mode to it. And I'm a, I'm a very, to be very objective. And um, that I'm not really afforded that when I'm looking at my own because my own subjective personality comes in. My own you know, subjective barriers come up and I, and I read something and I'm like, oh no, that's not me. But really I might, there might be a calcified aspect to my life that I'm just looking over and I'm kind of passing over. And so this, this birth chart also does this great aspect in regards to the other interests that kind of helps blend into the next part of the program we were talking about, which is the Animus podcast. And this really, the birth chart and this natal chart really serves a really prominent purpose in the direction of that shadow work. Right. And when we, you know, and we find ourselves in that dark night of the soul, there is so much information here about not only where we have clarity and what can use us to help light the way, but also what's in the dark, what's under the veil and what's under that blanket and what we're kind of looking for. Well, that's, that's a great, great way of putting it. And and a question I wanted to ask you before you continue, and I don't mean to interrupt, is that let's make that distinction right now. I think that that's something that we were sort of addressing in the beginning of this podcast is that people don't really understand. So for instance, my question to you 
is the difference between a psychoanalyst and psychiatrist's perspective of the human condition and the information prior to the turn of the 20th century in that information with regards to birth charts. So my first question is, what is a birth chart? And I know you already explained this throughout what you just said, but just to clarify for someone listening, because, you know, we all know here that to even say the the, the name birth chart or a, a, a reading of some kind, people can dismiss it. But it's interesting how there's more and more people nowadays who are opening their minds to having their guard put down and take the next step into say therapy that's Mm -hmm. great you know you want to self-improve you want to move along um for the better of of the rest of of your journey here for for the better version of yourself with the better version of yourself but before you can do that and let someone else tell you what you're doing wrong or what you could improve on it's good to know yourself right Mm -hmm. and so let's start with that so can you explain to me i guess in like however you'd like to explain it a birth chart and what that really means for someone who doesn't know anything about a birth chart. Well, you know, one of the things that's so great about getting your birth chart interpreted, especially by somebody who has like a lot of experience. um, So some of the people that I've had read my chart in the past, right? There's a familiarity of how they're going to even approach this information to you because in your chart, it tells you the best way for you to process information. And so where modern psychology doesn't realize it's losing time is there's this whole getting to know period of the client and this comfort period and you know what is comfortable for the client what is not comfortable what where is are they going to expand and where are they going to retreat into themselves well we have a snapshot of these astrological energies of at least how there's a potential for them to express you know i think of it more away from the idea of even like comparing it to psychiatrists but like can you imagine if we handled children this way? When a child was coming into school, if the teacher knew their chart for how to approach this child, when that child's going to feel threatened, when that child's going to feel nurtured, when that child's going to feel confident, mm-hmm. what that child needs for confidence, where that child might struggle. This is what we need to find. This right. is the aspect. This is where it really hurts. And if if we had it with children, we wouldn't need psychiatrists at the levels that we do because most of this trauma and most of this confusion with life is very much formulated in these formative stages when we're learning how to express ourselves. And maybe, you know, we're expressing ourselves in a way that society doesn't approve of. And we kind of, again, build that shadow and we kind of put that persona and that shadow is kind of created and there might be stuff that we kind of hide in our basement because of this so you know it's one of those things we kind of look at the effect and we talk about why you know if psychologists use this they could be even more effective in that initial connection as well as the focuses of life that are important to this individual and the focuses of life that there might be some confusion for this individual but all of that can be circumvented all of that could have been avoided if we would have attached this gift from the heavens, which is a snapshot of the heavens at this birth, and attached it to individuals as they progress through life. So we know how they work in groups. We know how they work about themselves independently. We can see signs of maybe potential avenues of maybe depression. We can see the signs of you know addiction kind of tendencies. So we would be proactive on these mental aspects and also proactive to see where their strengths are going to be to cater their life and curate their life experiences so these these pure expressions have comfort and a safety to express themselves through. Right. Um, so again, you would be avoiding all of these effects that we live in today. It's like, oh, you know, how do you heal the population? Well, you have to heal all the trauma from childhood that these individuals went through. And you're like, we're doing this backwards because if we don't heal the children, it doesn't matter how many adults we heal, there'll be still broken adults coming into that system every day because of the lack of understanding and acceptance that these children have because we're such unique individuals that are such this unique component of so many other parts moving at the same time. And it's just that snapshot. So if we had this indicator to kind of help speak for the the children who, you know, in those first four years who don't can't verbalize their words. But if we could look at their birth chart, we could understand where those temper tantrums coming from, understand why this child is a little bit more emotional. Why, right. why is this younger son crying more than the older son? 
as a child. And so the father might be like, oh, it's because he's weak. It's not because he's weak. He might be cancer rising. He might have a cancer moon. Like we don't know where the, we don't know what's going on there. So there's this disconnection. And again, we, this is where we get people who are, you know, making their children form into exactly who they are. But that's, that's not the case. This is its own unique identity. And, and, you know, we, and we kind of look at the models that we were given where we're like, well, Maybe an individual that's raising a child now is just like, well, my father was very, you know, he was very successful and he had the same job forever. He had loyalty to his company. He got a degree and worked for the rest of his life. So that must mean that's the pattern for my child. And there might be that pattern might be able to express in the child, but it might not. Right. And there's going to be conflict. Yeah. Um, And so that's really what we're kind of looking at. But again, to kind of sum up and answer your question, it's... The electromagnetic energy that's coming from the sun and is generated and the sun is shooting out. And that's why it's that direct reflection of your sun sign. And that's why people mostly relate to their sun sign when they first, you ask them what their sign is, they usually their first answer is where their sun is. But all that other energy that's going past is hitting those other planets, like the, which is, the moon is considered a planet in this realm, hitting Neptune, hitting Venus, and then bouncing back with the with that vibration of that planet and also coming back to earth at the speed of light. So again, it's this it's this direct electromagnetic energy that's coming from the sun as well as its reflection off the luminaries and the planets that helps color the aspects of the individual and you know this is what gives somebody some people rose-colored glasses lens to look through the world and some gives some people some black lenses to look through the world and it's right it's the different kind of spices of life that kind of come together no well said man and and uh, you did answer the question that i had um yeah i mean like going back to carl jung like I, i've brought up carl jung multiple times into this podcast especially when we talked about the man child and the predecessors for um carl jung uh, the swedish psychologist um she did a, a lot of work um on the man child and i'll do an episode on that again and we'll talk about that because i've i've spoken to, to that about with my mother and I've spoken about that with my own wife. And so it's interesting how like we, we disregard one influence, but let maybe one individual like Carl Jung uh, come around and talk about the collective unconscious. And then from there, there's all these different students from his theories that have come up with solutions to many problems through the unconscious. And as you were talking about shadow work, uh, we've talked about shadow work a lot on the podcast and what shadow work means and how it begins in childhood and childhood development. And, you know, there are these methods to helping young adults get through this, but there's sort of this sort of misguided approach to letting them develop the way that they could to their full potential. And again, all of it is circumstantial depending on their upbringing and where they are and how they go about life. And not everyone's going to have the luxury of being able to get it right from the very get-go. But I think that adults being subjected to whether it's, you know, therapy or even just like learning about themselves through a birth chart will affect the child that's to come or is already here. And so I think that we still need to work on the adults that are here so the children can stop the pattern or the children can be the change of the pattern that is to be where they'll fall into the same, I guess, like issues that their own own parents are going to have one day. And I think that's what makes it very difficult because life itself is difficult. So to have these, I guess, I don't know, I want to call them ritualistic, but these sort of um, cultural approaches to raising a, a child or raising um, a family, you know, they're, they're more difficult than not because of life getting in the way, such as the things that we need in order to survive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we kind of see that slip. And so, again, I mean, I don't want to get too much off topic, but I, again, I think what we are trying to, or at least what I'm trying to convey throughout this entire podcast is, you know, not just where it all comes from, but how it can all be interrelated versus being separated and segregated. And I right. think that a lot of people want to do that, which is what makes the uh, the the second podcast um 
so interesting is that it's more specific to that approach of the same topics we're talking about here. And as the network grows, you'll find that it's all the same thing. Right. Whether we interview individuals, whether we start and end another podcast, whether you know a podcast begins and, and it evolves into something else, the true foundation lies within these principles of just making people not only more aware of themselves, but how to be better through navigating um, their souls on this, on this realm right now. And uh, yeah. Yeah, no, awesome. I I love that. And you do, you bring up a great point because I think I was making that that point of how it's to start with the children, but you're right. How are we going to get that process going? It's going to be healing this generation that we're connected to right here. And then we're going to pass on those fruits of self-discovery, those fruits of self-unfoldment onto the next generation. And, you know, and it doesn't even have to be this direct um, instruction because, this next generation is just going to see what what it's like when you embody these principles, right? And you walk along truth, and you you search for the objective truth, and you're alchemically looking for the gold in every situation. You can't help but to radiate that. You can't help but to radiate your essence and your vibration. It comes pushing through, right? Mm-hmm. That's when we're kind of looking at the natal chart. It's it's so interesting because a lot of what we're doing in these sessions is looking at the ascendant and then finding wherever the sun is. And the sun is kind of where your sun sign is, is is always been described as kind of like, that's the hero you're going to become. And then your ascendant is really the journey to get to that hero ship. So you really follow the ascendant as kind of as guide um, to really encompass this, this shining aspect um, that we kind of see in that birth chart. So it's just this, it's this interesting it's this interesting way to kind of, again, explore these principles and see them in action and application, you know, mm-hmm. and that manifest kind of comes with us. Right. Right. I, uh, no, I'm very excited because, you know, again, the, the journey is very long and I think people want us to, I was telling Daniel, people want us to have all the answers based on all the information we've already provided thus far. But Daniel and I just keep going back to studying more and more, including myself, because when it comes to, you know, our personal lives, you know, there's, there's constant, uh, uphill battles. And the only way to literally get through them is by applying these principles and it's not over yet. You know what I mean? And it won't be over. And I always like that we reiterate the idea that we're just preparing ourselves for death and, and the lack of knowledge, um, of what's going on and what really drives us here, you know, is what's going to increase the fear of that, that moment in your life where life ends and a new spiritual um, journey begins uh, when you cross uh, over and whatever it is that you believe in, whether it is that there is something after life or that we go and ascend back to where we came from is up to you on how you interpret your uh, experiences here and, and how they, relate to others who are also sharing this space with you, which is, you know, the planet that we live on right now and, and how we, how we go about treating one another. And so, yeah, I, I think that, uh, I, I always go back to the idea that if I didn't have a conversation with you about this, and this is something that I, I read in one of our reviews out there was that some individual, and I, and I won't name any of our individuals, especially because sometimes they don't put their name out out there. But he was explaining, he or she, I should say, was explaining how they feel ostracized and or unique in their way of thinking, but also with a slight, I don't want to say shyness, but some sort of like need to keep a lot of this information to themselves, even though they read a lot about it and it relates to them. And so they ask, you know, well, what can I do and how can I apply these principles, you know, to life? And in, in the beginning of the of the series, we talked about, again, these seven principles, uh, and we talked about hermeticism, and we talked about how in hermeticism, you know, the idea that this, um, this uh, theology and how it exists, it, it coexists with all the religions and all the principles that the religions bring in the into the organization that created them. And so here we are again talking about something that's been dismissed and that being, um, 
you know, your birth chart. And it's like, okay, if we're all coming here and taking our first breath and we come from the above and land in the below and we're trying to make our way back, why would you not want to understand more that you haven't really given yourself time to explore in order to better yourself? And that's all I like to say to people. It's just like, hey, I'm not here to tell you this is how it is. I'm telling you like, why not explore what it could be and how it could help you out? And I think that, you do a beautiful job at that. You as a person, Daniel, like I feel like when you and I have talked, I could express things to you that, you know, it wasn't for me. It wasn't until we got into probably like, I don't know, senior year of psych 101, where I was just amazed that individuals existed who study the behavior of humans because I all my life would watch moments happen. Moments where like you notice that the kid that was dismissed in class has now taken a seat all the way in the back and he looks pretty angry. I'm the guy who's watching that kid going like, that kid wants vengeance on a couple of these other people who just alphaed over him um, or her, you know, um, you wouldn't have a, you wouldn't have these moments in pop culture where they represent these like battles between like popularity contests and everything else. If it wasn't that human behavior is always prominent and it's always apparent. And I think understanding where you're coming from with regards to the application of principles or in the way that you were born and how you were born into these energies that are out there and these electric magnetic fields and how they influence you, if you dismiss them, then I don't know how you'll ever find peace. And so, I, again, uh, I don't want to go too much on a tangent, but I want to go back to what you were saying about, you know, the the discipline of or the understanding of of these birth charts and how to, like, really apply them to your life so so carry on yeah no and that's great man because i i i was uh building a point like i normally do and then i was kind of forgetting where i was going with that point and so my last comment i just kind of like filled off and i was like and it's good you know and it was just like this like what was that but now i kind of it kind of came to me um and um and then there's one other thing that i hope i remember to bring up with you but yeah so we use this ascendant right as the as the journey to our son and really this whole journey is about really embodying that sun and having it radiate through. Mm. And this is that energy I was speaking about that is attractive and it pulls people towards you. And you don't even have to preach these, these principles to somebody because you'll find the younger generation is asking you, you know, what do you know? How, how are you able to maneuver this so gracefully and have this optimistic kind of approach, but also a very seriousness about how you spend your time. And it's just this, unique individual perspective that you wear so well because it is you. And again, that's all we have to do. We're never dressing up to look like anybody else. Like the best, the best dressed person is always the person that's most comfortable in their clothes. And it doesn't matter what that is. Sometimes you could be in like, I'm like in Scottsdale, right? For some terrible reason, right? I'm in Scott. I'm just kidding. Scottsdale's got some great stuff, but you go to like brunch and you at this like very hip place and there's some people that are just they have Brooke brother pants on like they spent on their brunch outfit it was like a $400 outfit right but then there's just that one guy who's in sweatpants and like a Philadelphia Eagles t-shirt like shout out to your uncle but but it just looks so comfortable you you're like you know this person just looks so comfortable where they are and they probably in that realm because it's there's usually a lot of economic influence in that than this city called Scottsdale. He might not even be the best dressed person, but he's probably worth the most in the room because he's just comfortable with himself. But there's like this radiance that kind of comes from it. So again, it's wherever that comfort lies is what we express and we express what comes easy to us. Again, going with the stream, right? And so what this birth chart does is it shows you the energies that are just apparent within you. And a lot of the times it's just this redirection of this energy and and the proper outputting of it and the proper outlet of where it comes as well as, you know, what sphere of life does this energy kind of come into and all these other various connections. So it's so interesting, but to kind of tap into your point about psychology 101 and just that connection on the way here, it was so funny because I was just, I was just reflecting on our friendship and everything, everything we've been through. And I started remembering when we were skateboarding, do you remember how much we would quote the movie Orange County? Hmm. Yeah. That was that was in our dialogue all the time. And 
I think what was so fascinating to that mo- uh, for us about that movie was it really kind of distinctly puts kind of these this California stereotype in your face, and it really broke down almost you know what we kind of perceived as stereotypes, but if you really took it down to the source of the information, there was a lot of archetypes that was actually being presented in that movie and the different characters and how they kind of fit their character roles so well. And as being that like high schooler at the same time, middle school, high schooler kind of growing up and seeing those stereotypes, which we were considered stereotypes at the time because we didn't know the deep root of their archetypes that they presented. There was this like familiarity to it of just like, oh, wow, there's, there's a science behind human behavior that can almost be repetitive and seeing what happens when the masses kind of get shifted into a certain way to, to the aspect is even like the extras in the cool crowd, there would be like the cool kids, but even some of the extras on the side who are part of the cool gang, you could tell were like uneasy about what was going on. Like there were some that were like really with the popular kid. And there was some that was just like with the popular kid because they didn't want to be on the opposite side of where the popular kid was. And, there was just like all this psychological energy that was kind of coming through, even to like the greed of the father. But stories like that kind of attracted us. And it was, we thought it was like, we were always like quoted for like the funny aspects of it. But again, I think why we watched that movie and we would like kind of, you know, relax with that movie on in the background was because of that kind of like that unique kind of psychological, it wasn't just like slapstick humor. There was, there was slapstick moments, obviously, but it had this kind of like deeper message to it about like independence and finding your own way. Um, but it was kind of funny because I was just reflecting on it because you totally had it on VHS like used from Blockbuster, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's what, again, back to this this need to have these conversations between just you and I, and we're so fortunate that there's a group of listeners, we're unfolding what a, a director himself and a writer intended for for a movie like that because the resolution in that movie and if you haven't seen orange county with colin hanks tom hanks son it's great movie it's a great movie not just because of what daniel said but they're spoiler alert in the end he finds out that everything that he's been looking for he's already had and that's a very common story in the story of you is trying to get away from the societal discomforts that have been created that were not bestowed upon this world by you you were born into them and that's going to continue happening to every generation that's born into this you know for instance in the movie um the main character is trying to get away from the stereotype that he was born into whether it is this california southern california vibe that has what seems like a superficial layer he's trying to go deeper and when he finally meets the person that influenced his purpose for meaning which is the writer of the book he finds on the beach, he just kind of like turns it all up upside down on him at the very end. He goes, no, like what you have is great. And mm-hmm. what, what makes you who you are is the influence of the life that you have. Don't let the small things like hobbies and pop culture be the demise of your, of your upbringing just because you don't agree with it. But the foundations of every individual in that movie have a, have a relationship with you that's made you who you are. Mm -hmm. And he's just has his epiphany and he's like, you know what? Like, I don't need to go to this prestigious college. I don't have to like separate myself or, or segregate myself from the people that I think are toxic in my life right now because they do have an influence in my life. And so anyways, uh, I, I like that you bring that up because I feel like as a, younger person watching that movie that's what i liked about the movies that there's a full unfoldment of every character in every moment of that movie along the way that is so helpful and so true and um yeah anyways there, there's so many movies like that 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 i really appreciate and it's funny that you say this about the the character i like that you bring this up but one thing i remember when Psych 101 and all that starts is is where it, where you start to look at the world differently begins with what feels incorrect to you. And I think that's what happens in that movie. That guy is 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 so far so good, right? He's surfing, he's enjoying, he's living for the moment and then he's like what am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know. And I think it's the death of his friend, it's right? It's the death yeah. of his friend. So it's always something Righteous. yeah. Totally forgot about that. I think that's how it goes for all of us, though. It's like for me, I would never would have discovered 
Alan Watts or Manly P. Hall or anybody that I continued to discover if it wasn't for moments in my life where I felt empty and frustrated and uninspired. And rather than just like locking myself up or like the character in that movie wanting to just separate and go away, I just, all I could do was look for truth. Like when my dad died, when my dad died, the only thing that brought me peace was driving in the night. I used to have a truck and I would drive into the night, into the desert uh, out here in northern Phoenix or actually around a lot of the area of Phoenix and beyond is the Tonto National Forest, which I was always great, grateful for. And at the time, I couldn't explain why I would go there, but I knew why I was there when I was there because there was no influence. There was no, so there was no influence that was not, not created by God himself. I mean, the the influence out there was 100% pure is what I'm saying. The stars, especially out here, are, um, it's changed. Light pollution has kind of taken over a little bit in sections of Arizona, but for the most part, we just have the most incredible night skies. And so my mom never even asked me where I was going. Just my mom just knew that we had a great connection where I would just tell her like, I'm leaving. And it was like 830 at night. And she was like, not where, where are you going? You know, like I'm 17 years old because I would come home and I tap on her door like around like two in the morning. I'm like, Hey, I'm home. And and I, I wasn't out drinking. I wasn't out doing any kind of mischievous things. I was just trying to get as far away as possible from everything that I couldn't really relate to. And mm-hmm. what I couldn't relate to was like the things that were occurring in anybody's high school life, whether it's mm-hmm. like, are you wearing this? Are you not wearing this? Are you listening to this? Are you participating in what the teachers want you to participate? Like to me, it was all so frivolous and so meaningless that I was like, I need to find something with meaning. And again, that part of my life has continued now since the last 20 years. <laughs> it's the same reason when people ask me about climbing. It's the same reason when people ask me about like mountain biking or hiking or big backpacking trails. I'm like, no, the only reason I go to these places is because everything that is surrounding us that makes us think this is who I need to be falls apart in those places. Cause it's not what this place we call home. That is the planet earth has in store for us. We created that as people, right. you know what I mean? Like, and we're still fighting that. I think that a lot of people have these ideas where they're, they want to undo a lot, right? They want to undo a lot of things. Like there's, there's, um, there's uh movements that you'll see out there that people aren't really paying attention to, uh, with with the way social engineering works, that really will cause a de- demise in your own character development. And there are ways you can undo it that are more simple. Uh, one person, this is very interesting, one person that I was like, hats off to you, because you are playing a big role in the social construct of this world and pop culture and influence. And that is Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys one day decided, I'm not going to wear makeup. And that was it. Okay, now I'm not a huge fan of Lisa Keys, and this is in my way of opening up. Let's talk about Lisa Keys. I'm just saying, rather than her protesting and going on and on and being angry and equality and this and that, all these things that are important for sure, she just decided to say, I'm just not going to wear makeup, which to me was imperative because every girl out there that has felt the pressure to wear superficial layers in order to feel like they need to be beautified can now be like, wait a minute wait, okay, so if I don't wear it, is that okay? And and she's not telling you it's okay or not. She's saying, this is what I'm doing. And if you're down, great. And if you're not, well, I guess you got your own battles to figure it out. And I just wish more people did things like that. I wish more people would internalize something like that so that when they do want to see the change, they don't just preach it, they just do it themselves. And then everyone else feels comfortable enough to follow suit. And I feel like a lot of these principles in the Kabbalion or like, when we start to learn about astrological um, aspects of ourselves, we'll lend these things to you where you're like, oh, like I'm going to go about my life this way and it's okay. And this is how I'm going to find the best way to do that. And it might not be the most ideal way of doing things, but it's still okay. And to make a full circle back with Orange County, I never thought we'd talk about Orange County, but you bring up a great point. We were just kids watching a movie, I think made by MTV Studios even. And it it still presented a lot of things that we were able to pick up on, Mm -hmm. even if there was like some funny humor and Jack Black and actors in this world that we live in. Um, Because again, man, we're always reaching out to our fellow human to show them examples of how life 
is hard, but there's also these ways to go about it that will give you the ultimate benefit of taking your soul to the next level that you always wanted to probably be in without the societal like strings that are attached to it when you're, you know, living in this world. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that all made sense. No, I think it made complete sense, man. <laughs> no, that made, uh, that made a hundred percent sense. And again, you know, we've been always talking about, and there's always that aspect of, you know, what are the applicable ways to, you know, live out these principles. And I, and I think it's really important when you give examples, like I just needed to get out into nature, like I needed to connect. And that might not be for everybody as their expression, but just to have these have these places that we can retreat to and not so much retreat like we're damaged, but more of a retreat back to recharge. And again, that's one of these interesting aspects of looking at the natal chart because we can kind of see what our relationship was early in the life prior to this conscious awareness that we have. Mm -hmm. And just really from that moment that we separate and we are birthed into this world and darkness, light overcomes darkness and we enter into this material aspect for this existence, our relationship to life back then is very important on the person that we become. And so to come back and kind of connect to that relationship of life, there's a lot of security of where we can kind of go to go back and to recharge. So we don't deplete ourselves in this Saturnistic society that we kind of find a lot of resistance in, you know, and how do we, again, how do we circumvent that resistance? Well, a lot of it has to do with the maintenance of our own, you know, chi and our internal energy. So how do we kind of recharge that? So not only do we kind of the beautiful thing about that is it's not only are we looking for the expression of, you know, how we express ourselves and how we think, but also where do we go to recharge and finding those aspects is going to be a completely independent kind of adventure that we all have to go on and not one person's is going to be exactly like the others, but it's just really important that we, we do kind of foster those kind of experiences to be able to just slow down the mind reconnect to that universal pulse and that universal sound. And, you know, when you do that, you can have that radiate through, which is going to help not only light the way for the rest of your journey, but empower you through these times that we find, you know, a lot of tension and kind of what we can kind of perceive as this traumatic experience. But again, that, that energy is what kind of will push us through. For sure. Now, what do you find, um, what do you find most important when it comes to doing someone's birth chart? Like, what do you really like when you first, I know it's a lot, first of all, right? Yeah. I know it can take some time to go through someone's birth chart. And and again, you explained it as the, that first breath we take, right? you know, but what do you find it to be the most like, I, and I shouldn't say most important. It's a very vague question. I just mean like, with maybe like, what's the first thing I look at? What's the first thing yeah, that comes to you? That's that you're great, like, wow, man. okay. And you know, that's that's very much been, and that's kind of why it's been such a unique thing. Because I used to, when I would first started this, I always started with the sun. And then I kind of talked about that and then made my way. And after this, through the patron, we've done a lot of studying on the houses. And I've really kind of learned much more about the deeper esoteric aspects of the houses through the study. And so I really am starting now with the ascendant right at the start of the story. And then we make our way through that story because, you know, I might go over the sun first, but if the sun's kind of later on in the chart, we might be spending our whole life kind of unfolding what that sun is rather than if it's like early in the chart where we might kind of find that embodiment earlier. So it really kind of helps with like the duration of everything. And again, kind of seeing it as a whole complete hero's journey that's constantly repeating on itself, even to the aspect of like, you know, this is kind of how your thought process works. So even when you're in a new situation, this is how you kind of run through your astrological energies. And it's kind of in this, in this kind of level, in this kind of, um, pattern. And so I've really been pulled. That's a great question. I've really been pulled to, you know, the ascendant. And then from there, we kind of look at, so say if the ascendant is Taurus, then we also are going to find Venus in the chart. Where's Venus? What house is it in? Because that's going to have a direct connection with the ascendant. And so you're looking for these kind of power plays and, and then you start seeing these patterns because then you, you know, you, you might see that, oh, wow, it's in the the planet of uh, Mercury. So like we have all these other connections that can kind of arise. So it's really this beautiful thing because it unfolds in front of you. And 
it's it's so great because I, I usually am looking at the chart right before I meet the person. And so, again, you kind of know how to kind of approach them of what they're going to be more receptive for when it comes to kind of your tone. And then there's like, with this alchemical counseling, it's completely independent. So I'm not even lying. Like a lot of them have gone past the hour, right? We've been talking about it. I'm like, I could talk to people about two hours for this. And we might have to make adjustments later on because there's so much information. But there was a an individual who had all this fire energy in this chart and all this air, right? And it was just all this energy. And they spoke the entire time for like an hour and 30 minutes. They were just processing and speaking. I didn't say a word. I just like stood there. And then at the end, they were like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. This was amazing. And it was amazing for them because they processed so much and they went through this whole experience. And I was like, I didn't do anything, but that's not true. I kind of held space for them to process this. I gave them this, this comfort zone. And so this alchemical counseling, it, it could be me speaking a lot. It could be a, a really good conversation, or it could be you kind of processing things. And also, I've had individuals who've kind of come on it, and they were like, hey, you know, I, I look at my birth chart. I've had it read before. Um, I just have questions about this subject. And we just talked about alchemy the whole time. They they felt like they were in the stage of um, um, dissolution. And we just spoke about the process of dissolution and spoke about, you know, different topics. We we made a playlist for dissolution. So that was like kind of their homework. They went on whatever music app and they made like a playlist of like, pick out songs that represent dissolution to you. Um, so it's all kind of this unique um, individualized concept, but I do, I'm very interested in the Ascendant now. And I really am learning more about the Ascendant. I'm seeing just how powerful it is and how it you, it's really this energy that kind of pushes us through this journey. Can I ask you, uh, what is the Ascendant? So the Ascendant is, that's perfect. When you took your first breath, this is where the Eastern Horizon is. So this is as it was, was kind of rising on the Eastern Horizon at this point. So it's it's how you meet the situation. It very much clarifies kind of your birth and how you approach situations, but also very much of like who you are um, and also like how you relate to your environment, you know, what kind of lens you're relating to. And there's a lot of skills that are in the Ascendant that say if there's a lot of planets in that first, second house, sometimes part of your journey is rediscovering that ascendant. And then sometimes people have the ascendant and then there's no planets for the first four houses. Well, there's probably a lot of comfort with that ascendant because there's a lot of time for it to develop itself over four houses so that that note resonated for much longer rather than say you're ascendant and then immediately something like Pluto. Well, now your energies are kind of connected so that ascendant might not be in its pure expression, but there's something there. The universe gave you that that kiss on the head to have that ability to approach situations through this lens. It wants you to approach the universe through these lens. Sometimes we have to do work to find that. Right. So right. it's um it's really unique. And then, you know, obviously like your moon is going to be your emotional responses and how you kind of emotionally process things. And that's the one that I would say that people are usually the most like tickled with because you start explaining it to them and they almost smile and they're like, oh my gosh, I... I, one, I thought everybody thought that way, or two, I've never been able to put that into words. Um, but that's one of the unique aspects about learning your moon, because not only do you learn more about yourself, you gain an amazing amount of patience for the world. Because the problem is, is we grow up and we think everybody thinks like we do, because we were told that, you know, oh, you just go to college, get a job, and you graduate, and you need to be successful. There's this one path to success in our society. So we think there's only one process of consciousness, but there's this variety, beautiful flowering aspect of infinite perspectives within consciousness. And so what you do is you gain this understanding and this patience for others. And so what you do through astrology is not only your own self-work, but you can work in groups better. You can work in partnerships better because you understand their astrological aspects. And you also come full circle to realize just how amazing you are, just how independent and how you are this beautiful aspect of creation. And creation is just begging for you to express through you. The angels hold their breath at those big crossroads in our life. And what they're holding their breath is for that you choose love and you express yourself and you help the evolution of consciousness leave its ultimate point of oneness and connecting everything back together, which is all of our goals, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so that's what you kind of do. So I love those questions. I love that question of what do you look first? And you know, it's it's been within this just these two weeks of doing these these um, these consultations and these conversations. Um, that's really what's been shooting out for me. And so it's just like so funny because like 
you know, then I'm like thinking about my friends and stuff. And I'm like, you know, like, I'm like, man, I wonder where Eddie's Mercury, like what house does that fall in with that powerful Gemini energy? So then you start like nerding out and now I'm like looking at your retina now and I'm trying to like place your chart in my mind. Um, but it's just like this fun kind of outlook to kind of approach life through. Um, so I think that was a fantastic question, man. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, well, thank you. I just, you know, I'm always curious, but you know, there's, there's a lot to un- uncover. And again, back to how this episode was constructed today is that I think so much of the information we present on this podcast and on this journey and those who came before us who have left the information for us to have an influence on or, or be influenced by rather and express what they may have been trying or intending to show us is very heavy, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's never ending and it's never going to be right or wrong. It's just the interpretation of this expression you're talking about that the universe waits for us to take a hold of. And I think that's something that every person um, goes through. I, I, I've heard people say, well, don't you, I've heard more cynical people say, well, don't you know that every human is delusioned by the fact that they think they're the most important person on earth? that the story of their life as it's unfolding is the movie of all movies. That may be sort of a jumbled statement, but it's not necessarily incorrect where that's the whole point. It's that we're all that unique. We're all that special. It's just been misguided to where you think the only way I can prove myself to the rest of people looking at me is if I get a platinum album or an Oscar or whatever equivalent to an award in society standards, like a Nobel Peace Prize, whether it's in the Eastern uh, Hemisphere or in the Western Hemisphere, because those who are in the Eastern Hemisphere will be like, well, I don't even understand what you mean by like the Oscars. And I'm sure people now know since mm-hmm. television is like the grouch on Sesame Street. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are certain things that people won't know about. But what I mean is that I think that that really prolongs your journey of figuring out your full expression is that you're using maybe the wrong outlet in order to express your ultimate potential because you think that the tools you've been given are the only ones you have in order to make that expression apparent. And that's not true either. You know, so when you learn these, these things about yourself, like for instance, in the seven principles that we talked about in the beginning of the podcast, they can be interpreted in so many different ways. There, there is no right way from one principle to the one that follows after. And then the one that goes after that, because someone in another part of the world can say, Hey, I already, I've, I've learned this through the Vedas. I've learned this through, you know, um, the Sunday school I'm in, I've learned this through. And, and again, I'm not here to tell you, no, you're wrong. There's only one right way. That's the whole point of hermeticism that I like is that Mm -hmm. the whole expansion of this idea lies within all of them, uh, uh, and, and to better ourselves and to better the world and to express that one thing that we talk about, which is the same thing everybody talks about for anybody who's had a journey within either a a traumatic experience or a psychological experience or a psychosomatic or some kind of like, you know, uh, uh, altered state um, has uh, happened to them, which is like, all you know is there's love. All there is is love. And how do you express that? And how do you put that into physical form? Or how do you let it, um, you know, sort of seep into everybody is is the question we all want to figure out. And, and, and we want to give more of ourselves and have less of ourselves taken. That's another thing. I have a lot of people put up these barriers and, and people like, um, Alan Watts, as he brings up like Taoism and he brings up other subjects in, in the 70s when he was a very prominent individual uh, for people to listen to in his lectures, really just was saying a lot of things that he would claim aren't my ideas. He's like, these are not my ideas. I'm just giving you writings that are so ancient that just describe everything you guys are longing for right now. You just didn't know it existed. And now that you're longing for it, I'm presenting it to you. However, don't make the mistake that others do, which is you think there's nothing else other than the words that are coming out of my mouth. And therefore I'm the one with all the answers. He's like, that's not what this is about. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that we're always going to go through these phases of like looking for the Messiah and looking for the next individual who's going to give us these ideas that makes sense of, of, of all the chaos on this planet. But realistically, like focus on yourself, focus on how you can find your talents or whatever it is you're good at to express that love 
and right. to really like bring that to the conscious here on on this earth because it will vibrate it will reverberate it will create a sense of peace and calmness you know and um it's not just a sour bread that's the sourdough bread that's tasty when you walk into a bakery it's the guy who baked it yeah you know what i mean yeah, the, the, the smell is is not just great because it smells good you know what i mean so yeah. like but we need to be open-minded to that you know and i think that understanding these expressions of every individual by their birth charts or by their like psychological interpretations having that sort of like open mind towards that information is what makes all of this information a lot more appealing and a lot more digestible in my right. opinion you know yeah yeah no man I, I love that you said that and even the the connection of the action and the actor and how much that plays in the part of the role of like the bread but also the individual that made the bread and the intention behind it um but you know you just bring a great way to kind of i think as we're kind of pulling this all together when you brought up the idea of you know you are the most important person and so is the other individual standing right. next to you you know i i always think of it as that oprah thing where she's like you're the most important person and you're the most important person but that's exactly how it is and that's the worldview that we need to adopt we are all the most important person not this worldview that we are cockroaches right which we get fed through um, kind of mainstream media at this point, because what are the effects of that worldview? When you start viewing yourself as a cockroach, when you start viewing your neighbors, your family as cockroaches, we're not cockroaches. You know, like even the, again, the entire population of the world can fit in the state of Texas with living space. This idea that we're cockroaches is, again, it's part of this engineering to make us feel less important and not really see the divinity nature within us. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, are cities overcrowded? Absolutely. Do we need to space out cities and get some of these people that are living in poverty in these cities outside of these spaces? A hundred percent. But we're just living in too concentrated of areas. And, and again, do we have to, you know, be more responsible with how we procreate because that's important because you're bringing a soul to earth? Absolutely. We have to be more responsible about how we are bringing souls to this earth. But this idea that we're cockroaches is worldview poisoning. And that's part of this process to pull you away from the path, which is that you are, you, you are the universe experiencing itself. You are Christ consciousness coming through and you're making that ladder back up to heaven. So again, we can't, we can't relate too much with the fall and think that the fall is all that we are because we're not the fault where you're the, where the rock, we hit the rock bottom and then we rise up. Right. And so it's all about this whole idea. And I think it's been perfect for this second season is rising from the fall. And that's exactly what we're doing. And, and at the same time, fixing aspects that we've been influenced with this like worldview of poisoning that is so destructive, not only to the now, but also to the future. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Well, cool. Um, those are probably much, pretty much all the questions I had in regards to the natal chart and the counseling that you're providing. Uh, is there anything you want to say about in regards to, yeah, I mean, you know, we just got this program started. Um, so right now we kind of have, and they have been running a lot longer cause there's just so much to talk about. So, um, you kind of are getting like a buy one, get one free for the next, um, because they've been kind of running more into like an hour and a half, two hour session. So we're going to hold the price as like an introductory offer. Um, and then the patron individuals, you do get like a promo code. I'm in the process of setting that up. For some reason, it takes a long time through this other service that we're using. Um, and also, you know, me with technology, it's always kind of this slow move. But if you are on Patreon and you've already purchased it, then you just, there's like a double session that we plan. So for all the individuals who have maybe even already signed up and we've had the session, um, some of you, I know who you are, but you have a second session ready to go whenever you want to go. And we could talk about anything we could do. And again, we could talk about subjects. We could do a tarot spread. We could look at the natal chart. We could really do absolutely anything but um just another way to kind of connect with this community and kind of help push all of these big ideas that we kind of have come up together and it's kind of fun to start to see the the fruit coming off the tree but also more importantly the seeds that we're planting for the future and really where we want to take this direction so it's just the sky's the limit my friend and it's such an honor to be on that journey with you honor is all mine man um well, I guess until next time, we'll jump into the, the back into the Bible, into Genesis. And um, thank you for listening, as always, to all our patron members. And if you are a patron member, 
we did post a, f- a few photos of, of the wedding. I can't um, from, it, dude. That's awesome. I can't wait to look at them. You'll see Daniel and I there. I'm the guy in the blue suit. Daniel has an amazing beard. No, no, no. <laughs> you look so much classier. You're the best on this. This was the best day ever, though, man. That really was. Uh, that day will always go down in history as one of the most fullest I've ever felt. I'll never be more thankful to have you stand by my side in a very important moment in my life like I did that day. It was the best. Um, again, until next time then. Until next time. Excellent, dude.